This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You are live with The App Show. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. We've got uh, a cool show today. Uh, later on, we'll be uh, exploring the world of processors. I know that doesn't sound like overly exciting, but I think it's important because I know tons of people are always in the market for new laptops to run their favorite apps. And it's confusing out there. You walk into a Staples or London Drugs or Best Buy, and there are dozens of laptops, and they all have these crazy Intel processors, and they've got different names and numbers, and you don't know what to get. Different generations of those same processors, too. I know. So, you know, I've been familiar with the Intel Core i3, i5, and i7 processors, but like you said, there's generations. Now they have the 10th generation. What does that mean? I don't know. Well, I do know because... I have to know, uh, but we're going to explain that today. We've got someone coming into the program from Intel to really take this uh, down a notch as far as the tech speak to help us all understand what we need to get. We'll also be talking about uh, Apple's iPad, and this is this is an important segment you'll want to listen to if you are feeling artistic or you like to draw. The new iPad uh, now takes advantage of the Apple Pencil, and you can do some really amazing things with it. Uh, everything from sketching to watercolors, any type of drawing or painting you can think of, you can do on this iPad. And they've brought the price way down. We've got uh, one of our team members. Her name is Miranda Wicks. She'll be coming on uh, to show some of her drawings, which you can actually see on our video podcast at getconnectedmedia.com. They're truly amazing. Oh my God, yeah. I I hate her. (laughs) It makes me feel super inadequate Well, as an artist. I, I gave her the iPad and she came back the next day. She took it home played with it for the first time. She'd never touched pen, uh, Apple Pencil to glass. And she came back with like three amazing drawings that she just oh, yeah. sketched in a ca- coffee shop. Yeah. We're going to have to take it away from her. She's <laughs> too good. Uh, let's talk about some interesting developments in in folding phones. Yes. We've talked about these uh, a number of times on the program. Uh, Huawei has their uh, Mate X and uh, Samsung's got their Fold that uh, they've released again, and they've improved the durability of it. So these are basically smartphones that open up. Their screens can fold, and you can have a, a giant tablet. So TCL actually has uh, announced their new fold- foldable prototype that actually folds into a zigzag Z formation. Yeah, not two screens. No. They've taken it another level, three. So folds into thirds. <laughs> that's that's Which, not going to be delicate. Yeah, I don't... Because it's not glass. Like, no. Typically what makes it durable is uh, the glass screen. Yeah. But this is like a flexible plastic. Yeah, but it does open up into a, into a 10-inch tablet. Yeah. Um, so, and that's one thing I, I did like about like the, the Galaxy Fold was when it's open, it's actually a really nice shape and form factor. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. And if this is half as good as the experience I had with the Samsung, um, it should be pretty compelling. Um, the thing I like about it is that this does fold up into basically thirds. So each sort of fold is a little bit thinner than the Galaxy version of it. But what I haven't seen yet is what it actually looks like, you know, when it's all closed up. How usable is it at all? You know, that's one of the, the faults that people had with the Galaxy was the fact that the when it does fold up, the, one, the, the screen that's available on top is actually kind of useless because it's so small. So... Even stepping back from the three folding screens on, screens on the TCL uh, phone, people are probably wondering, TCL who? <laughs> <laughs> well, 
You, you might know them from their TVs. They have come in and swept the market. Chinese manufacturer, uh, they make tons of TVs. They're number one in the US. And, and they actually put out the last few BlackBerry devices too. Yeah, they own BlackBerry. The, yeah. They've got the name for smartphones. Yeah. Also Alcatel. Yeah. But uh, from what I understand, they're going to be coming out with phones under the TCL brand. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. Uh, Huawei, their model uh, is going to be launching a 5G version of their folding phone when it comes out. Which which is interesting because it's, you know, it's not just a folding phone. It's also one of the first 5G devices that we're going to see in the marketplace, but only in China for now. So when it comes to these folding phones, I, I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to uh, get more screen real estate. You know what I mean? Turn the phone into a tablet. Yeah. Which is kind of cool from a productivity standpoint. But again, the flexible screens, they have a durability issue. So some manufacturers uh, have gone a different route. Uh, LG would be one of them. And even Microsoft, who announced yeah. uh, a new smartphone, an Android phone coming out. So they've got two screens, but they're not con- they're connected, but they're two separate screens. They're not trying to hide the hinge in the screen. No. Which makes a lot more sense because those screens are proper glass displays that aren't going to be as susceptible to damage like the uh, the Huawei and like the Galaxy. Yeah, I tried the LG. What's the model of that one again? Oh, geez. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Well, you, you looked that up. Uh, I tried it back in February at Mobile World Congress in Spain, in Barcelona. And uh, so you can buy the phone by itself. It's just got the one screen, but then you can buy the optional second screen attachment. So it was kind of cool for gaming, for example. Yeah. And it was cool to have two apps open at the same time. And I liked, I felt it was more durable. And the fact that you could actually, if you're going out and you didn't want that extra bulk, you didn't have to bring the second screen with you. Oh, I didn't realize it it was detachable. It's the LG 68X. Yeah. Thin Q. So rolls off the tongue. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, And I'm I'm super interested to see how Microsoft uh, rolls with their yeah, with, with their Android one as well. And that'll be pretty interesting to see. Yeah, Microsoft getting into Android smartphones. I wonder how they'll do with that. You know, will they make a push? And Because it's hard to get into the smartphone market, right? You, It's a pretty crowded market, especially yeah. on the Android side. So. Yeah, and I think, you know, obviously they're going to go in at the premium level, right? They're not going to go in in the $200 phone level. But Microsoft has been known for some quality hardware. Very, very well, uh, well designed and, and well built. And so, it, again, that might be the differenti- differentiating factor for Microsoft with that. I'll have to check that out. Uh, we have still a lot to talk about on today's uh, program. We will be talking about uh, what to look for in a new laptop as far as the processor and what all the different terms mean. So uh, if you're in the market for one, stay tuned for that because we've got someone from Intel coming on the program to explain it all for us. And uh, for our Hot 5 app countdown this week, what do you think? Hot 5 Halloween apps. That's right. I'm excited about that. I'm scared. Are you really? No. No. (laughs) No, there's some pretty great ones we got coming up. Yeah. So uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, Of course, uh, we will also have uh, some other uh, great apps to speak of. uh, John's app pick of the week. And also we will be talking about the game app of the week as well. We're going to have to take a break. When we come back, it's the Hot 5 App Countdown. Hot 5 Halloween apps. Stay tuned. You are back with the App Show. Mike and John here. We still have a lot to talk about on today's program. Do you need a new laptop to run all your favorite apps on Windows? 
Well, we have the experts from Intel coming uh, into uh, the program here later on to talk about what to look for when you're buying your new laptop. It's confusing. There's so many different processor models out there. And generations of those processors. Even I get confused. So I always love having them on the program because it kind of educates me for another few months. so to speak. Uh, I want to talk though now about iPads. Apple just released their new iPad and they brought the price way down onto it. Uh, I think it's around 430 bucks now in that price range. And uh, it's also expandable. Now you can use the first generation Apple Pencil on it and also the Apple Smart Keyboard. It's got a magnetic connector so that Apple Keyboard is going to magnetically clicks onto it. So it turns it into essentially uh, a pretty powerful laptop. And it's really kind of designed, I think, to go after that low-cost Windows laptop market. Yeah, it just really depends on what type of apps and functionality you want from your device. And definitely, I would take an iPad over a low-end laptop any day. I think so, because, you know, when you look at opening an app on the iPad, especially this new one, it's instant. Like, that app opens instantly. When you do that on a low-cost laptop that's under 500 bucks, that's so fast. No, it's usually painful. It uh, or if you open more than 10 Chrome tabs, for example, you're... You're dead. You're done. You're dead. Well, let's talk about the iPad and uh, using it for art. We've uh, got our uh, Get Connected graphics artist and web master. Her name is Miranda Wicks. Thanks for coming on the program. Thank you so much. I enjoy it. Do you? We force you to come on, actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. by force. Yeah. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> you brought the iPad into the studio. And if you get a chance, visit our website at getconnectedmedia.com. We've got the video podcast of this program as well. So you, you can actually see some of the uh, the art that she's drawn. And I'm going to hold it up to the camera right now. You can't see this at home, but she's basically drawn a young lady on here. And it looks like a photograph. It totally does. Yeah, I thought it was a photograph. Yeah. Uh, but you've drawn that entirely with the Apple Pencil. What? What app are you using for that? Uh, it's actually called uh, Procreate, which is a very uh, popular and common uh, a- app for illustrators. So um, a lot of artists I know use it, and they've introduced me to it, and so I definitely have to you know, install it for myself, play with but, it. But I mean, you just started using this. Yeah, yeah, just a few. Uh, I could just gave, I gave you the iPad last week, and because I, I knew that <laughs> yeah, you would you, be able to draw with it. I, I, I kind of hate you a little because <laughs> I mean, instantly, like within one week, she's Michelangelo on here, right? And we can't draw, and we've been playing oh, with this stuff for sweet ages. Jesus, yeah, you don't yeah. want me to draw. It, no. it looks awful. So, <laughs> I've uh, been it's the app is I think fifteen bucks. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, the Procreate that's uh, fifteen dollars or fourteen ninety nine. Yeah. That's pretty cheap for like what you can do with this. Yeah, here. for sure. For and sure. so, how did you find drawing on the iPad? Because it's not like paper or a canvas. No, um, although it was very uh, instantaneous in terms of how it reacts, it almost seems like it, it is like a real life, um, tangible uh, experience that you're dealing with. But um, I, I'd say that the only difference would just be your. The, the texture that you feel in your hand, you're using a smooth glass surface as opposed to something like paper you can feel. You can you feel when you're yeah. pressing down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but the thing is, the reaction with pressure sensitivity of the the Apple Pencil, it's it's very realistic. So it almost, you almost get lost in, in the world of drawing and you get really sort of zoned into it. So at first, yeah. uh, it, it feels like you're drawing on glass because you are. Mm-hmm. Did do you overcome that or does it always feel like you're drawing on glass? Uh, yeah, it sort of does. When you when you select a, a brush with different textures and you just sort of uh, get used to that texture, you kind of know the ins and outs of it and you quickly learn how to use it. Uh, and then also you can adjust your, your size of your brush and the opacity and whatnot. And there's so many 
uh, tools at the fingertip that you can just have access to, thousands of brushes. And you were mentioning that compared to where you've traditionally done digitally digital illustrations where you're using like a Wacom tablet where yeah. you're drawing on a piece of glass but you're still looking on a screen in front mm. of you, that there's a weird disconnect that you don't have yeah. with the iPad. Yeah, there's a lot. Like you sort of have to translate where you're going to be putting your hand and then looking with your eye where it's going. It's so like it playing Nintendo. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I got I tried to get into it when I had a Wacom tablet in college and I only did a couple pieces with it and it was a little too frustrating to sort of stick with it. But now that I've experienced it on the iPad, that it's... I'm I'm, I'm hooked and I want to get one for myself and I, I think I could do a lot of art on it and improve. You've also tried the iPad Pro, which is the mm-hmm. higher end model mm-hmm. of the iPad line. Um, did you notice much difference as far as drawing was concerned? Um, I think just all the size of it helps because it is a bigger screen. Yeah. Um, it, you could, visually, you get to just see more. Uh, and then I, th- I found the pencil itself to be the more more difference there in terms of how it works not so much but uh i guess holding the pencil there's a bit of a ridge and it's not as slippery um and it and it snaps onto the side of the ipad pro so yeah it's magnetic that's how it charges yeah it charges that way and it it's nice because i i just kind of let it roll towards and it goes click and it it snaps to it so it's easy to carry it around and take it with you and uh but in terms of the reaction time and whatnot it's not too different yeah any tips for people that would want to get into trying to draw? I don't know if I could ever draw like what you <laughs> have drawn here. I mean, it's photorealistic, but mm-hmm. well, I think that uh, using really high-end tools like this—that's um, one thing. But you know, getting really the bare bones of knowing how to draw, taking it back to the basics, uh, getting your fundamentals down on paper, something cheap like that—you know, grow your skills that way. Um, but these tools are definitely really helpful if you want to take it to the next level and explore. Well, you were also mentioning before too to do something like what you've done here with traditional say paints or, or pens and paper, you would need a lot of different pens Materials. and brushes and mm-hmm. things like that. Whereas here it's like a drop down. Yeah. yeah. And you don't run out of material right. with this. Yeah. Uh, you just have to charge your iPad. Um, and also like you can access a thousand different types of materials by tapping it once or twice. Whereas in the real world, you'd have to go out and buy it and it could be thousands of dollars alone for just those materials. So even though when you add up this iPad with the keyboard, the keyboard's a couple hundred dollars, the pencil's about 120, uh, iPad's for 30-ish, you know, you're up in the $700 price range, yeah. which, you know, it sounds like a lot, and it is, make no mistake, but like you said, if you had to go buy all the, the canvases and all the mm. brushes and pens mm. and yeah. ink and watercolors, you'd get up there fast. Yeah, probably if you're, you know, a full-fledged artist and you're buying all these things. The the other thing I thought was interesting too is the spontaneity of doing this. You Mm -hmm. were doing a lot of these things, a lot of these drawings just at a cafe. Yeah. Whereas you wouldn't be setting up all your brushes and paints (laughs) at a cafe, but you were just drawing whenever you were inspired. It's it's an art studio. It's a portable art studio. Yeah. So it's, it's like tiny. I can fit it in my purse and I've got a whole studio right in front of me. So it's, it's perfect. And I I love it. It sounds like you're hooked. I'm hooked. I want (laughs) to get one for myself. Um, Christmas is around the corner. So, (laughs) um, Another cool thing that I wanted to express was uh, just sort of how compatible it is with other, like if you're a graphic artist, you can turn your Procreate uh, files into P- uh, PSDs. So For Photoshop. Yeah, for Photoshop. So you can bring this into Photoshop and they're all separated into layers and you can even add text from there and whatnot. So 
Um, it does translate quite well if you're a graphic artist. I also thought it was really cool that Procreate and some of the other apps, they all seem to sort of have this feature where they will actually record your brush strokes and you have like a time lapse of you building mm-hmm. the, the painting and we'll show one on the video uh, podcast as well, just so, so people can see sort of the process of drawing, which is, it's a fascinating insight into how an artist works and, you know, where they focus on and mm-hmm. how they get that particular look and that texture and stuff like that. So yeah, and it also helps with editing as well because um, it only, it records when you're actually drawing or you're using the pen because let's say if you take a break for an hour walk away it's not going to show a big empty time gap within that video so it kind of edits it all together for you and you can speed it up do you know what i like right now because we are video podcasting this as well every time you're saying well we're going to show this on the video you know the time lapse i'm looking at steven our one of our producers and he's the guy that has to put all that (laughs) that in there yeah, I could be saying, yeah, I'd like to see also a cat on top of the Eiffel Tower. Explosions. In, explosions in the video podcast, too. So good luck there, Stephen. I think he's going to get some animated gifts for us. Yes. Thank you for coming mm-hmm. on, on the program. Yeah, this yeah. was super fun. Very cool. That was Miranda Wicks, uh, our uh, resident graphics artist and our webmaster here on uh, the app show and our Get Connected uh, uh, show as well. When we come back from the break, a few more uh, apps to talk about, including our Hot 5 app countdown. Stay tuned. You are back with the app show. Before we get to the Hot 5 app countdown this week, the Hot 5 Halloween apps, let's learn something about our iPhones. iPhone tip of the week. Unleash the power of your iOS device. What do we got, John? So this week, uh, iOS 13 has a great new feature that I actually really love. Uh, Whenever you get an unknown caller, someone that's not in your contact list, you can actually have that go directly to voicemail. Your phone doesn't even ring. I like that. Isn't that great? Yes. So you'll, you'll get the notification that you had a call. Uh, your phone will like light up like it's getting a call, but it won't actually vibrate, it won't ring, and it'll send the caller directly to voicemail. And so you enable this feature uh, by going into your settings and the phone, and then there's a, a little switch for turning on silence unknown callers. It's fantastic. Easy peasy. Yep. It's that time. The weekly app Hot 5. This week, we've uh, got our Hot 5 uh, Halloween apps, and we'll start off with number five, Halloween backgrounds and wallpapers. Uh, this is for iOS. It's free. And uh, and we also have an equivalent one on Android. It's Halloween Live wallpaper, and that's $1.99. Get in the spirit and deck your phone out with fun Halloween-themed wallpapers uh, with these particular apps. So again, for iOS, it would be Halloween backgrounds and wallpaper, free. And for Android users, it's Halloween Live Wallpaper. And though that's $1.99. Still cheap, two bucks. I mean, that's a few chocolate bars. That's right. Okay, number four, YouTube? Yeah, YouTube. Uh, one of the great things about YouTube is they have, it's basically a video library for everything. So you can find videos from your favorite Halloween hits, like the Monster Mash uh, from YouTube. You can also find how-tos for costumes, Halloween crafts, props, and decorations. Kind of cool. Uh, number three on the Hot 5 app countdown this week, we've got Carve a Pumpkin. This is for iOS and it's free. This would probably be better on a an iPad. Uh, carve your Halloween pumpkin without the mess and tools this year. With Carve a Pumpkin, you and your kids can get creative and carve a pumpkin right on your screen. Even better, you can carve as many as you like. And your kids will hate you if you don't get them a real pumpkin. Right? <laughs> Kids, we're just going to carve a pumpkin on the iPad. Yay, mom and dad. Oh, man. Therapy later. Uh, but no, that's kind of cool, right? Because you yeah. can actually practice. Well, th- that's just, you can practice your, your stabbing skills. Yes. 
And if you've seen some of the kids' carvings, yes. they need some practice. Yes. Okay, number two. I love this one here. The Walking Dead Dead Yourself. Have you tried this one? Yes, I love this one. Uh, so you can basically snap a selfie or import one from your camera roll, and you can edit it with zombie features and props from the Walking Dead TV show. Once you've created your creepy masterpiece, you can share it via text or, text or social media. And it's free. And number one. On the Hot 5 app countdown this week, getting ready for Halloween here, make a zombie. It's Android and iOS. It's free. Tell us about it, John. So you can create a variety of little cartoon zombies and share them with friends and family. Make a zombie includes a variety of backgrounds, bodies, faces, clothes. It's kind of like Mr. Potato Head for zombies. Yeah. Uh, and hairstyles, which you can then create millions of cute zombie combinations. This is a great little app to spark your Halloween creativity with. I love it. Okay, we're going to have to take a break. When we come back, we've got a couple more apps to talk about. Uh, We've got our game app of the week, and we also have John's app pick of the week uh, as well. So stay tuned. You're listening to the app show here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. Let's talk processors now. One of the biggest processor makers out there would, of course, be Intel. Have you gone into a store lately, John, to buy a laptop? No. No. (laughs) (laughs) You just, you just keep buying the Macs. Yes. Yes. Well, if you go into any London Drugs or Staples, uh, there is a large selection. There's a number of different processors. Uh, there's like 8th generation uh, Intel Core processors, 9th and now 10th. To help us understand what they all mean, we've got uh, our special guest, Lisa McManus from Intel on the line. Thanks for joining us, Lisa. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me, Mike. I appreciate it. Uh, so I wanted to bring you on the program just to help it uh, not... I don't want to say dumb it down, but just explain to our listeners what they should be looking for when they, they walk into uh, a Best Buy or London Drugs or Staples and they're looking at the sea of laptops. What do all these processors mean? Uh, so you've got your Intel Core i3, uh, i5, i7. Uh, I think they're up to i9 in some cases. Yep. Uh, yep. But then there's also, on top of that, they've got like 8th generation or ninth, and now there's 10th. What does it all mean? Yeah, certainly. So, you know, as 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 te- technology develops, we obviously keep adding to the quality and the productivity that each CPU brings, right? So, our eighth generation, um, you know, is is a great device. There's lots in market today that you'll see. And then the ninth generation was announced earlier this year, and that's really just like sort of like incrementally incremental improvements over the eighth. And then this month we've introduced our tenth generation, which um, you'll see in holiday in the holiday season in retailers which is basically our latest and greatest devices you know each each one sort of brings something a little bit different from an eighth gen perspective you know it's a, there's amazing devices out there the ninth gen is really designed for a um, it's basically our most powerful generation of mobile computing ever um, so it's it's a little more limited in terms of um, what what's available on market? There's a lot of of um, mobile devices, but then 10th gen, it's going to be much wider spread. So you're right, we have an i5, uh, sorry, i3, i5, i7, and i9, and you know. Basically, what it means is, as you as you become like an entry user, such as a, a young person that would maybe little kid that would j- just use very limited type of software, right? Easy to use stuff. You don't need as much processing power. As you get more complex, you have more complex software needs and demands. Like, say, you're a gamer and you want to stream, you want to record all at the same time as well as play. You know, your processor is basically the brain of your PC. So you sort of need to go up the stack. As your as your usage is is it gets more complex and a lot more uh, complicated. 
Yeah, it's interesting because, uh, you know, I've got some old desktop PCs at home that are like i7 core i7 processors which typically are pretty powerful machines but they're pretty old now uh, i don't even know what generation they are but um you know if you're looking to get the most power for a lot of these new games or if you're video editing or doing a lot of photoshop uh you'd want to look for you know like typically eighth generation and up am i correct yeah, absolutely. So from a five-year-old, it's amazing, you know, Mike, because there's uh, loads and loads of five-year-old devices out there. So let me just maybe put it at a high level for everybody that's shopping. Based on a five-year-old device, if you're looking at a 10th gen, it's two times better performance. It's two times better productivity and two and a half times faster photo rendering versus a five-year-old PC. Three times faster Wi-Fi connectivity and about eight times the bandwidth with a Thunderbolt versus a USB 3.0, which is some of the, the ports that you'll have on your, your laptops. So you definitely, you know, as you want to go... If this is going to be a really, you know, heavily used device that everybody's going to be touching for different types of things, albeit gaming or entertainment, right? Loads of people are streaming right now, great content from from the web. So, you know, as as you sort of have more users or more usages, yeah, you want to look at 8th gen, and then 9th gen is a really amazing gaming device. You know, game. there's lots of amazing mobile gaming devices using the 9th gen series, um, as well as desktops. Desktops are in our 9th generation as well, which is our latest and greatest desktops. And then as you step up, the 10th gen is really a, a great... Um, uh, CPU for the uh, uber thin and light, you know, your ultra thin and light devices, your super mobile devices. I mean, the weights and the battery lives are amazing. I'd say, you know, the young, the older, your newer generations, you're going to have, you know, productivity improvements like from 8th, 9th, and 10th at 16% or greater. Um, you're going to have Thunderbolt 3, which, you know, on the 10th gen, Wi-Fi 6, and Wi-Fi 6 is basically your connectivity. So when you think about in your home, all the connected devices you have, Wi-Fi 6 basically enables almost like 100 different connections with no impact to the connectivity or the performance. So that's really an important element as you look to your home where you probably have light bulbs, you probably have cameras, doorbells, you know, TVs, fridges, you name it, and it's connected. Um, the other nice thing that's coming with 10th Gen is um, artificial intelligence. So there's loads of elements of AI that folks don't know is built into their computer, particularly around the 10th Gen, you know, like the hands-free, the wake-on voice, and the modern connected standby. Anything that you um, basically, even, you know, when you're typing a letter and it finishes it for you, a word, it finishes it, that's AI. So all these elements are, as you get newer generations, these things are being added in. So really something to think about if you're looking at an entertainment device. You know, the 10th generation is bringing 4K60 HDR, 1080p gaming, so much higher quality video encoding and things like that. Well, I think you brought up some important points, Lisa and John. You know, it's more than just the the processing power of the chip itself. Yeah. Like uh, what Lisa was talking about there. You know, Wi-Fi six, for example. I did a, an inventory. Uh, I looked on my router page. How many connected devices I have in my own, my home? Seventy five. Yeah, yeah. Amazing, I thought I was right? doing good with yeah. 35. Oh, I know. And <laughs> everyone is mad at me in the house because the router can't handle it. Like everything is not going as fast as it should. So, uh, you know, definitely if you've got all these connected smart home devices and cameras and the kids are doing online gaming and you're streaming Netflix all over the house, you got to have a half decent router. You know, Wi-Fi 6 is the latest and greatest standard. And, you know, it's not just about the speed of delivering, 
you know, that data to all the devices, it's being able to handle like dozens of different devices at the same time without everything bogging it down. So that's one of the advantages of these new 10th generation uh, core iCore processors that Intel has is that they connect like really well with the, the Wi-Fi 6, but also, you know, talked about the Thunderbolt connections, you yes. know, hooking up, you know, external hard drives and things like that. So all of these things kind of work together to make the computer a lot faster. And I've tried it. Like it is amazingly different than my, what I thought was a super powerful computer from five years ago. Yeah. Well, the other thing too, is when people are making that purchasing decision, I look when I the reason why I haven't been into a store lately because I'm on year three of my laptop. Yes, and I maxed out the processor at the time. And you get what you pay for, right? You do. You yeah. pay a little bit more, but if you get a couple extra years of life out of that, yeah, because it's solid. I mean, it do, my laptop doesn't have Wi-Fi six and all the other things like that, but it does have the Thunderbolt connections and things like that. So it is going to last me probably for a little while longer. And I I didn't pay that much of a premium to get the latest and greatest at the time where I always see people having problems though, is when they cheap out and they go to the bottom first and work yeah. their way up. When you buy that $300 laptop, it it's tough, man. Cause they're slow as molasses, but then they think, <laughs> well, it's just computers are slow or the internet's slow or, you know, it's, but it's no, it's like you bought a $300 laptop. Yeah. So, which might be good for some basic things like email and some basic web browsing, but you start, doing some other stuff if you're starting to edit photos and maybe some video or have more than 10 chrome tabs open yeah then you're dead right <laughs> but you know I, I, there's definitely a price premium when you go up to the, the latest isn't there lisa it, it's not really you know it's incredible how our our you know the oems can and, and like the the manufacturers of the world can really bring some amazing price points to the market so you know i think what's really important and i you both brought it up but it, it, it's really about What's the minimum? Like, I would always say don't buy the minimum because no. you need to future-proof your purchase, right? So when you're looking at, okay, today I use gaming a little bit and I do a little make sure you're starting probably about a core i5. That's sort of like what I would recommend that you have. That'll carry you through your incremental programs as you're going through, right? Um, I, and, and that way, to your point, you haven't got the slowness. Again, it depends on what your usage models are, but we always say it's great to have, you know, a Core i5 as a base model. The other thing to think about, and, and you guys all know, but... Um, you know, you have to think about your GPU, right? What are you using to do your graphics? And, you know, there's some great technology from the CPU that allows great graphics, but you have to make sure you have a good graphics card if you're going to be doing gaming and stuff like that, as well as your RAM. And, you know, I don't know if you guys are familiar, but Intel has um, Optane memory now, which is basically like a super smart memory that helps you. It, what it does, it learns how you use your device, and it speeds your processes up on your behalf. So it basically says, oh, Lisa's on. She goes, she wants to go in Outlook, instead of having to go and find all the instruction and run, it instantly starts and, you know, starts up. It sort of stores what you want to do. So there's that element. The other part is the storage piece, right? We're seeing a big shift to SSD-based models. SSD is sort of like a fanless storage, so it allows for much thinner and lighter devices. Another thing I forgot to mention, which is really important to people for mobility, is, you know, some of the newer generations are up to 18 hours of battery life. So <laughs> that's really a true device that you, I hope no one's working 18 hours a day, and I hope, you know, nine of those hours are fun, but uh, I think that's a really important element too, right, about the battery life, and the more the, the more advanced your, your generation is, and... Um, the more efficient it, it uses battery that battery life, life that it does, that, that is Correct. attached to that device. Yeah. I remember my laptop, when I first got a laptop, was like an hour and a half 
Yeah. We've come a long way, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Lisa, I want to thank you for coming on the program once again. Where can people find out more information about all the different processors? If you go to intel.ca, there's loads of information. All our retail partners, there's information on Intel on those those websites as well, as well as the OEMs. But intel.ca is your go-to. That was Lisa McManus from Intel Canada. When we come back from the break, more tech to talk. Stay tuned. You're back with the App Show. Mike and John here. Don't forget to visit our getconnectedmedia.com website. We've got all our App Show podcasts up there and our sister show as well, Get Connected. You can hear that every Saturday here on Global News Radio, CKNW 980 from 10 to 11 a.m. And uh, it's podcast out across Canada and it's on a number of core stations uh, as well. Let's get to our game app of the week. And this week, what do we got, John? We've got Skullduggery. This is for Android and iOS, and it's free. As an IRS agent, your mission in Skullduggery is to collect money from deadbeats. Your character in the game is a skull, which you'll slingshot around using the elastic parts of the skull's brain. Kind of like Angry Birds, this game includes a lot of great mechanics to keep you entertained. Very cool. Very Halloween-y. Skullduggery? Skullduggery. From Android and iOS uh, phones out there. Okay, I'm always interested in your app pick of the week, John. What do we got this this time? So this week we've got 1967 Retro Filters and Effects. This is just for iOS and it's free. You get the effects of vintage film photos with 1967. This app lets you bring back the tones, grains, and light leaks you've seen in old film photo. With over 220 filters and a simple interface, you'll find, you're sure to find the right vintage look for any photo. Do you know what I love about these filter apps like this here that make your photos look vintage you're basically taking your photos and making them look crappy pretty much pretty much i mean that's how instagram became very popular yes they had the filters that made yeah. it look kind of old-fashioned do you remember insta uh, hipstamatic yes where it, you you would have to take a photo with the app and you wouldn't get to preview and look at anything you basically it's kind of like shooting film yeah yeah I love those things. See, kids don't understand that. No. You know, when we were kids, we had to take pictures and we didn't know what they were going to look like until we got it back days or weeks later. Until we walked uphill in the snow to the photo mat. The photo mats were always at the top of hills. I don't know why. (laughs) And we only went there in the wintertime. Unfortunately. That again, uh, 1967 retro filters and effects for uh, iPhone users. It's free. It's all the time we have left. Don't forget to check out our podcasts uh, every week. You can also see our uh, great TV and video segments on getconnectedmedia.com and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We would love to send you the latest and greatest in how-to videos, tips, and tricks. This is Mike and John signing off for The App Show. See you again next time. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.